Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Today we spend a few moments focusing on Burma, which is modern-day Myanmar, talking about a group of people for whom religious freedom is but a dream. As we've said many times on this program, religious liberty cannot be selective. It's either freedom for all or freedom for none. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is here with us to bring us up to date on the latest developments. Lincoln, what's going on in that faraway country? Yeah, well, it's, it's, the, it's the land of the pagodas. Uh, Burma used to be known as a storied and fabled place of pagodas and tropical jungles and, yes. and uh, romance and elephants and so on. And some of that might still be true, but overlaid is the recent history of, of a repressive military government, a closed society, and, and a country that's really uh, drifted back as far as uh, technical progress as well as civil liberties. The very short-term answer is that the world has been hearing that, that the regime is, is lightening up. They released the uh, long-time opposition leader, Aung uh, San Suu Kyi, mm -hmm. from uh, detainment in, in her home in a little lake just in the center of uh, Rangoon, the capital, or Nangoon, as they call it. And President Obama went there recently and met with her, and, you know, all seems sweetness and light. But we have an article coming up in Liberty that documents an emerging religious liberty disaster mm. that has to do with a very small community in that country. The country is overwhelmingly Buddhist, but there's a community called the Rohingyas. Mm. In fact, as I was preparing for this article, I thought of science fiction. Star Trek, for example, they come up with all sorts of fanciful names for other peoples and worlds and all the rest. Yes. must be great dreaming these names up. But I must admit, Rohingyas sounds like it's something somebody made up. <laughs> Not to mention Myanmar and yes. things like that. We're dealing with sort of an alien terminology, but the Rohingyas, it's a little bit in dispute as to who they really are. The, the Burmese or Myanmar uh, regime claim that they are just recent, very recent immigrants from India, mm -hmm. manual laborers who haven't left illegal residents. It's sort of easy to prove that most of them have been there at least since the 1950s and many even much, much earlier than that. The real question is not whether or not they legitimately are part of the community in that country, but, you know, why they're being persecuted. And the answer is very quick to come because these are a Muslim minority. Mm. Uh, and, and, and while the image of Buddhism is a pacifist and, and a, you know, a very calm and quiet and indulgent, religion and society. It's not always true with, with Buddhists. That they, they can become quite aggressive when their dominance is threatened, and they feel that it's threatened, curiously, by the Rohingyas. Mm -hmm. The Rohingyas are, are forced by uh, societal pressure and, and, and laws that have been passed to back that up, to uh, uh, endure all sorts of arbitrary uh, enforced labor. Mm -hmm. They have to work. They're, they're restricted from education. Only 1% of them are literate. Uh, and that doesn't happen by chance. And, and, and Myanmar is not a particularly illiterate country, but this Rohingya community, ah, they're just cut out of, out of uh, daily life. They're abused and, and beaten and, and, and chased from village to village quite regularly, and, and the laws often don't condemn that and sometimes even en enable such behavior. And one of the worst things just really happened 
there was a, a riot between Rohingyas and a community recently, and they were cast out. And as a result, many of them were forced into special camps. And it's been said that there are several thousand people have been put in detention camps surrounded by the military. Oh, boy. So this is not a little issue. There are only, I think, 800,000 of them in Myanmar, which is not a really high percentage of the population, but in real numbers, that's a lot of people. And then to have thousands of them rounded up under forced detention and the military regime saying that they are not legal residents, they're not part of the community, they're there illegitimately, they want to expel them, that's pretty mean stuff. And curiously, even... The opposition leader, Aung San Kyi, she has shown no sympathy for them. She refuses to speak up for their rights. But the good part of what I'm saying today is I've noticed in the last two, three months, all sorts of international agencies have suddenly noticed the Rohingyas. Mm -hmm. There are articles, news reports, and and even some hearings on, on their plight. And I do hope, and this is why we're sharing it with our listeners, I do hope that as we... Uh, try to integrate a newly uh, liberalizing Myanmar into the world community of countries that are open to outside influences, that they be pressured to grant to their own citizens, to this minority, the right to exist and a respect for their faith and for their identity. have enough clout as a global community to make these kinds of judgment calls on other countries? If they want to join us, you have to straighten up and fly right. Do we as a global community have enough clout to say to an emerging country, you can join us only if you make these changes? Well, <laughs> I guess the U.S. has as much clout as it wants to use. And with Pakistan, we send predator <laughs> drones to <laughs> <laughs> to give clout to it. Yes, I'm not suggesting yes. we do it to me. Yeah. I mean, there's clout and there's clout. We do have influence. The U.S., I think, has more moral influence than it realizes. You can't force a situation on every count, but if you make it plain in public utterances that this is important, that you think poorly of a country because of it, and, and you discuss it with other countries, I believe that there's a likelihood that they will moderate and perhaps even totally change their views in this regard. Haven't the people who run these countries, who run Myanmar, haven't they ever opened a history book and read through and realized that what they're doing does not work? Well, they might read different history books. Well. Uh, <laughs> Got to be careful. Some of these repressive regimes study things like the Nazis and, and, and other. Yeah, but look how that turned out. I mean, do not, do not set yourself up as a Nazi because that didn't work out so well for the Nazis. Yeah, but they see often, I'm not in favor of that, but you yeah. know, that you can read history selectively. Yeah. It's very interesting to recognize that today, in fact, just a few minutes before this program, I was watching hearings in Washington, and one of the oversight committees is listening to testimony from many people in the religious liberty field, 
as to why the U.S. really hasn't fully implemented its own commitment to the International Convention on Religious Freedom, mm-hmm. International Religious Freedom Act. And, and that's the way that the uh, people giving testimony are putting it, that the U.S. pays lip service to it. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I, one thing I heard them say, and I've heard news items on this many times, our uh, State Department say we'll meet with the Chinese, and you'll hear that items of religious liberty were, were brought up or were on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And they said that that's really uh, cover for doing nothing about it. It's just mentioned, and <laughs> just then you move on. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary Clinton, uh, toward the end of her tenure, when she was going to uh, yeah going to China, she even said it as direct as you could be. She said they have issues with religious freedom and so on, but this can't stand in the way of our ongoing relationship with mm-hmm. China. So immediately she took it off the table of any practical right. consideration. Right. Right. Now, I think there's a moral influence that free countries and countries that respect religious liberty can play. And, and, and in this transition phase with Myanmar, I think it's very important that the, the view of people that value freedom of the so-called free countries, the outside world, needs to be made clear to a country that I don't think is necessarily always cynically doing what it does. It's doing it with its own internal logic. And if it's made to see by the attitude of an outside world that this isn't right, mm-hmm. I think they could very easily uh, change radically. Well, that would mean that it would be very important for each one of us as Americans to really uphold religious liberty, religious freedom, so that our country represents that even at its limited way when it deals with other countries. Absolutely. And, and that lately has become the Achilles heel of a lot of what the U.S. is doing. Uh, you know, I attend meetings where, where well, like the other day I attended one where put on by people of mostly religious faith. And I heard a major speaker at one point, they said, and that inconvenient wall. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care for the wall of separation between church yeah, and state put yeah. up by the First Amendment. Yeah. So when we're not really uh, abiding by our own rules, then very easily the rest of the world sort of snickers. And, and just today I was watching President Putin of Russia talking about many things, and he made the same comment. He said the U.S. is a democratic country that, that honors freedom. He didn't mention religious freedom directly. But he says, you know, they don't follow it. Yeah. He says and they, they, it's a double standard. They want us to do this and that and the other. And he says that America itself uh, breaks it. He says that's the double standard. And he, and he gave us sort of a pass on it. Yeah. But if we were more systematically following through on our own principles, it would be an object lesson and a moral power that it would add to our comments to groups like... Uh, Myanmar that, that have a huge problem with this particular minority. And the other reason that I'm, I'm mentioning this on the program, it's very easy for us to attack uh, Islam around the world, which is, is in an aggressive phase and is persecuting often Christians as well as some of its own minority. But here's a case with Muslims that are being persecuted. So we shouldn't pass this by or else we'll be guilty of, of the accusation from the Islamic world that oh, you don't care when it's Christians, fine, but here Muslims are being persecuted. I think that most Americans, and you and I included, would, would say that America really is watching out for its financial interests around the world, for its trade interests around the world, for its ability to get fuel from around the world, more than trying to spread the good news that uh, we provide religious freedom and so should you. But at least America is, is a democratically structured country where the voice of the people can percolate to the top. So we need to hold our leaders to a certain moral responsibility. Of course, they need to look out for secular self-interest, but they can't do that 
correctly, in my view, by forgetting these true moral principles that we have said will define this country. Well, I can't think of a better way for our listeners to become involved and for our country to understand this than for everyone to read Liberty Magazine. There's a website, libertymagazine.org, where you can go and subscribe to the magazine or send it to someone that you feel needs to get it. And that's all at libertymagazine.org. You can read articles there and you can listen to programs that we've done in the past. You can share information with your fellow men and women. The idea here is that if we are educated ourselves with the true aspects of religious liberty. We can better serve our community, and we can better serve the world. That's what I hear you saying, Lincoln. Absolutely. All right. That's libertymagazine.org. Check it out. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. And listener, this is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.